<laughs> come one, come all to the United States of Paranormal, presenting Dolltober, a month-long event where these two teams will be delivering terrifying tales of positively adorable possessed dollies. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Welcome back to the United States of Paranormal Podcast, where fucking Brandon stop counting. Welcome back to the United States of Paranormal Podcast, your weekly road trip through all things cryptid, creepy, and paranormal. And that's right, it's a Saturday, not a Wednesday. What's going on? Everybody's waiting for the weekend. I'll let you know what's going on. It's Dolltober, and like we stated in our last episode, Dolltober is going to start on the first, and it's going to end on the thirty-first. So we'll have a few extra episodes this season. And that's right, you heard me say Dolltober because this whole month, every story we're bringing you, except for at the brewery, is going to be a doll-themed episode. I'm Logan, and sitting next to me, my heterosexual life mate, Matt Frisbee. Hey, everyone. And sitting next to Matt, Bose. Hi. How's everyone doing? We excited for Dolltober? Are we excited for October? Yeah, I'm fucking stoked. I love October. Who doesn't? We're basic bitches. Not Halloween, just the month October. Yeah, we're basic bitches. I'm an we October, October guy. Oh, yeah. I will fuck up pumpkin pumpkin spice. Anything. Yeah. Pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin spice pizza, pumpkin spice lube. As a matter That's of fact. That's got it all. For the past several months, my favorite coffee has been uh, the Jackdo Lantern from Bones Coffee. Fuck, sponsor us, please. I own like 12 of your mugs. <laughs> oh, God. We, I mean, reach out to them. <laughs> Love me some bones. Do it, Mister Marketing. Yeah, fucking bones is. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, I need to try some more of their flavors. I've only tried three flavors so far. One of my favorite favorite flavors is from dusk to donuts. Oh, really? Yeah, I fucking love that mug too. It's got the vampire with the donuts on it. Oh, yeah, so. I've got the electric unicorn mug, and uh, this is really like, starting to sound like sponsored. Yeah, that's content. the electric unicorn is the one that tastes like fruity pebbles, isn't it? It is. I'm actually not into that one. But you like your mug. I do like the mug. The mug is a really cool color. I like the logo. Um, I just didn't care for... I didn't care for the flavor as much as I thought I would. I also don't care much for the cookies and dream. I've never either. been a cookie and cream kind of... But it's not a quality thing. It's yeah, just a personal just taste cream, thing. You're you? Yes, all about the cream. <laughs> what are you implying, Brandon? That just makes me think that always... He really likes episode. cream. Where they're talking about the cream pies and always saying, like, oh, no, no, we're not going to eat them. You've tasted your own. Of course, of course. I make the best cream pies. <laughs> no, but seriously, Bones Coffee, sponsor us. You're delicious. I love From Dust to Donuts and uh, Mint Invaders. If I can. Oh, I, I bet Mint Invaders would be really good. Oh, it's a dope mug, too. It's got the UFOs and everything on it. It's a fucking weird green colored mug. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right, boys, we're talking about dolls this month. Uh, we actually, and it's weird podcast land, we just finished doing an episode with our uh, Team Boozers and everything, and we talked about it a little bit, but I don't think we emphasized enough on the importance of dolls in the spooky universe. Oh, shit, no, we didn't. Because 
good lord, there's a lot of doll content and creepy stuff there's from so people much just doll content. So much people just being creeped out by dolls just because of the way they look. But then you've got just like there is lore from dolls that go way back to like ancient Egyptian times and stuff where they thought that they could house spirits inside dolls to some of the worst things that ever happened to the earth, like things like the goddamn Furby or Teddy Ruxpin. Lifeless yeah. looking monstrosities that they try to push on the kids, be like, You want this? And be like, No, I don't. And the Furby's just sitting there looking at you, licking its lips. Oh, if, yeah. you, if you don't ever want to sleep again, just look up the Furby centipede. Oh, that thing oh. is fucking <laughs> awful. I uh, hate Furby. You could hear like every, it was almost like you could hear a Furby thinking because you could hear the whirring of every gear in that thing. It closes an eye, it's like, It's moving its mouth, it's going, And you're just like, Oh, God. Not to mention Teddy Ruxpin's fucking 27-pound ass with his fucking cassette player built into him. Uh, and his fucking, like, he could probably chew through a finger with how fucking hard on his fucking animatronics were in his mouth. Where it's like... <laughs> and his buddy fucking, what was it? Grubby was his buddy, which did a lot less, was a lot bigger, but would, like, mm-hmm. sync up with him and talk. But the crazy thing about Teddy Ruxpin, it's much like him... Uh, there was like those old animatronic Christmas trees and stuff that were small that would sing Christmas songs and move their lips and stuff. It all boiled down to what tape you shoved into that son of a bitch. So if you're sitting there and you're some kids fucking chilling out playing with Teddy Ruxpin and you slip in fucking Dio or Black Sabbath into Teddy Ruxpin, all of a sudden De- Teddy Ruxpin's coming up with you, coming at you with Crazy Train or something <laughs> and fucking freaking a kid out. You're just sitting there, and you're like, what's that noise? You look over to Teddy Ruxpin, his eyes are moving, and he's like, I, 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 going off the rails on a, mom! Oh, man, yeah, this this is the, uh, this is the, the my son's pretty young, um, but this is his first year being afraid of things. <laughs> yeah, he was and, doing that uh, today. Yeah, it started with Lowe's, or he saw the ten foot skeleton, and he was not about that. Oh, like, he was scared of that dragon. I got yeah, him. I tried to bring him close to it, and he was like, "No, no, <laughs> no." And then today, he, I have a I have a Sea of Thieves background on my computer, and he kept pointing at the skull on the logo, and was like, "That's scary." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was not about that skull. You got a lot to learn about scary kid. <laughs> Oh, the time you should be afraid is when you see us carrying that flag. <laughs> yeah, like I said, there's a lot of doll everything. And on this month, uh, this actually kind of boils into what I'm about to talk about. But uh, the second season of the Chucky uh, sci-fi show, which is phenomenal, is dropping this month or in October, which I'm stoked for because that is a great, great show. It really is. It, uh, with what happened to the Chucky franchise after Child's Play... Like, don't get me wrong. I like Bride of Chucky. It was definitely a dip in quality. Then you got but then you got the Seed of Chucky, which was just kicking the, the franchise straight in the nads. And oh. then you had the Cult of Chucky movies, which weren't bad, honestly. No, it was like a back to form kind of thing, but and then it didn't you, have the same. Now you got the TV show, and the TV show is just, it's great. I can't blow it enough, so you should definitely check it out. I don't know that it's on any streaming service right now, unless you got some like weird like sci-fi channel. There, there should be streamer I, or something. I don't know. I ended up, I started watching it because they put out the first two or three episodes on YouTube for free. I watched those and I was like, I want to keep watching this, and it was on anything. So I literally bought each episode as it came out mm. every week. So I have that rest of that season. 
on Prime, I think. Uh, probably. That's, that's where I assume somebody would buy that stuff. But yeah, I digress. Dolls are spooky. Dolls are everywhere. And this whole month is doll-themed, doll-tober. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we have our brand new website, www.theunitedstatesofparanormal.com. And since today is the first, if you go there, you will notice that we have a few new designs, including our doll-tober designs and our Poor Brothers trick-or-treating designs for the brewery show that happens on the 29th. Those designs are limited edition. Once the last day of October ticks past your calendar, they're gone. They go in the archive. They won't be there anymore. It's a really cool design, too. We've got a new logo that is a little voodoo doll chilling on top of a pumpkin that's got our podcast name carved into it, and in the guts of the pumpkin on the ground, it says Dolltober. Not to mention our trick-or-treater is pretty dope himself. So go check them out. Tell us what you think. And if there is, we have them on T-shirts. Uh, I think we're going to try out some three-quarter sleeve shirts, too. Uh, if there is something you would rather them on, uh, some people in Texas will still be wearing tank tops as October rolls around because of Texas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for our people up in up in the north where it actually gets cold during the fall, if you want it on some long sleeves, let us know. We can do that for you. Just hit us up. Check it out. Boys, y'all got anything you want to talk about before we dive into it? Uh... Shoot, I mean, we just shot an episode, so we've kind of... I believe in you. We didn't have much... We didn't talk yeah, much about didn't... what our day was or anything. So. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Anybody got anything specific they're excited for in the month of October? I know we're all excited for the beginning of November because we're going to Renaissance Festival. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, our October is chocked full of stuff for us to do. We're going to be oh. busy, busy. Yeah, that's it. Like, I don't... Aside from just going out there as a crew for the podcast to different events that are happening locally, I don't think there's really much happening that to look forward to in October. Well, we've got a lot like of just out in the world. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm saying the events and stuff that we're doing is cool and all. Uh, but as far as like personal level stuff like movies or games or anything like that, there's nothing I can really think of that's happening in October. Yeah. Unfortunately, we do live in a pretty dry area for that stuff. Yeah. Opposed to people that uh, live close to any kind of theme park because usually theme parks, including Disneyland, oh, Six yeah. Flags, Cedar Point all of these places do amazing things for Halloween. And we used to have uh, Astro, Astro, was it Land? Astro World. Astro World, which Astro World did a phenomenal Halloween thing, which I hit up the last year that they were open. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they tore that bitch down and turned it into a parking lot. So it's not really an option anymore. I've never been to Astro World. I used to live in Fort Worth. And so we would go to, I say we would go to, I've been to once, uh, Six Flags Over Texas. I haven't been to Six Flags Over Texas since I was a wee lad. And I'll admit it. I went on the Texas Giant, which was a big-ass wooden roller coaster. And I said, no more roller coasters. And I went on all the kid rides instead. I absolutely love roller coasters. But that is just me. Yeah, like, man, like I heard there is actually a weekend haunted ride that the weekend put on like at paramount that's cool or universal one of those two what it was like universal california all those places do it because well there's knoxbury farm does not scary farms uh like i said they're doing the the fear nights over there in uh florida where they're having the killer clowns set up this year 
oh, and a bunch of other sick. stuff. Yeah, no, it'd be cool to because it's basically walking through the set, the sets, and everything. But like I said, we don't live personally, don't live in a great area for it. The closest thing we have is the haunted hotel, which is all right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the Maze of Terror, who was nice enough to let us take pictures with them, won't be open this year because they're doing a rebuild, a massive rebuild, but they will be open next Should year. Should we try and go to the Haunted Hotel? I mean, we could always check it out. That's, yeah. where, I, that's where I took Kayla on our first date. Aren't you the romantic? I try. You know, we First, I took her to Putt-Putt where she stomped my ass, and then we went <laughs> to the Haunted Hotel. Yeah, I've never I've never been to the Haunted Hotel, it's so I'd be cool it's to right there on check it out. Beaumont. It's not bad. Uh, as other events were going, actually next weekend on the first, when you guys are listening to this, me and Matt will be at Ingenious Brewing, uh, trying out all their cereal monster beers that they're dropping. So they got Stout Chocula, uh, Blueberry Fluff, Fruit Brute, Frankenfrost, and Yummy Mummy. And I'm stoked for that. Yeah, that'll be dope. Oh yeah, I've loved, I've always loved the General Mills monsters. Anybody that's been to my house has seen in my kitchen. I've got little pop figures and Pez dispensers and signs. I even butt have plugs. a yeah butt plugs. I got a Frankenberry butt plug, butt pu- <laughs> plug, not a butt plug. Two different things. Uh, I'm stoked for that event. One's a crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to check that out. Like I said, we've got a bunch of movie stuff that we're going to be doing. I know we're keyed up to see uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Uh, 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 shoot, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Killer Clowns. Killer Clowns and Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. I also want to see if we can't get a group to go see the new Hellraiser. Does that drop this month too? Yeah, they're doing a, looks like they're doing a The Halloween. last Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis drops this month too. Yeah. I never saw the first. Uh, We're missing out. What, Hellraiser To or this franchise. I mean, technically both. Hellraiser, you know how I feel about it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. New one looks interesting. I'll give it a shot because it's, le- it's relaunching the franchise. Um, they need to do the Halloween movies the the current ones I'm not super impressed with personally it's all uh it's all I don't know how to word it I'm just gonna go with it's all guts no glory it's about over the top kills and the plot just because I'll tell you what the last one that came out before this one dude they they I get what they did. They brought back a lot of nostalgic actors because they brought back characters who were in the first movie mm-hmm. that but, haven't acted since pretty much. But let's and not the comment whole, and say that Halloween has been known for its plot. Okay, but it's been better <laughs> and it's been better acted. That last movie, they said evil dies tonight probably 70 fucking times in that movie. Oh, At one no. point, the whole town was chanting it. Everybody, everybody is being a badass in that movie. Everybody's like, oh, no more. He's not doing this anymore. Evil dies tonight. And then two minutes later, somebody else is like, evil dies tonight. And at one point, it kind of seems like that scene in South Park where like, they took my dog. <laughs> and it just progressively just becomes fucking white noise because everybody's just chanting evil dies tonight. It's just, uh. But on the bright side, this is supposed to be bookending that series. At least if they do it again, it's going to have to be a reboot. Yeah. Well, and dang, they won't get Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, exactly, because it's going to, like I said, it's closing it. It's closing that one with her. She'll be done with it. And if they do it again, it's going to have to be starting over again. I hope, hopefully when they start it over again, they do it as a timepiece. They bring it back to the 70s so we don't have people running around with cell phones making TikToks of Michael Myers while he's trying to murder them and shit like that. I really feel like nowadays, for the most part, horror movies have to be timepieces to feel 
viable, you know, because I hate that trope of I've got no cell phone signal. Yeah. Be like, yeah, okay, maybe you don't. But the dude next to you that's on T-Mobile or the guy left to you that's on AT&T, somebody's going to have some service somewhere. (laughs) I mean, there's been some interesting horror films in the last few years, though. Like, I really enjoy, you you probably laugh, but I actually enjoyed Happy Death Day. No, Happy Death Day was good. Sequel sucked ass. The sequel turned into really dark humor. It did. It was funny. But, yeah, no, it was good. What I really liked was... um, Freaky, yeah. which was the play on Freaky Friday, but it was a teenage girl swapped bodies with Matthew Vaughn, who was a fucking serial killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that movie was way better than I thought it should have been at all. It had Homegirl from uh, Supernatural. Supernatural yeah, I saw. The, I, they did a lot of ads for it, but I never oh, ended up seeing it. It was such a good movie. Vince Vaughn did fantastic. She did fantastic. It, the kills were gnarly. Like I said, Vince Vaughn is an underrated actor. There was such an awkward scene in that movie. Like, it's Vince Vaughn. The the teenage girl is in Vince Vaughn's body, right? Mm -hmm. Her love interest knows she's in there. And they have a moment in the car. There was, like, a romantic moment while she's in Vince Vaughn's body. Like, they start talking and have, like, a heart-to-heart. And they start to lean in like they're about to kiss. And I was just like... (laughs) Because, one, illegal. Because the dude's still in high school and Vince Vaughn. But it was just... It was so really well acted, but it was yeah. still really painful to watch. Yeah. But yeah, no, I would definitely Freaky's good. There is there is good modern. It's just we've gotten all, we've gotten away from the glory days of horror. Well, you you gotta you gotta know how to work around technology in order to do horror well. And fuck me, I'm gonna get I'm gonna this is a hot button and I'm gonna have people come at me sideways, but fuck me, do I hate elevated horror. I hate it. You can take your Baba Dukes and your Hereditaries and shove them right up your ass. (laughs) You want to come at me? Hit me up at uh, the United States of Paranormal at gmail.com. I don't care. The Baba Duke sucked. You are literally going after what is considered the best horror film of the decade. I don't care. That movie, did you watch it? Yeah. The scariest part of that movie was how fucking awful that little kid was. That's it. The movie can eat my ass raw. Like I said, you can come at me. The United States Paranormal at gmail.com. Tell me why I'm wrong. I'll it's, sit down and watch it with you. That's okay. Jeremy's <laughs> already like going to dox it. Yeah. Dox you. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just don't. End up with an arm mobbed outside your house. I just don't. I don't like it. And Hereditary was haunting. Was not scary. Just it was haunting. It's haunting imagery. Uh, For me, uh, the same with. Uh, fuck. What was that movie? Uh. Not hereditary. Wait, no. Am I mixing it up? Uh, hereditary. I, I am mixing it up. Hereditary was not. A, a, I did not really like hereditary. I'm thinking of Midsummer. Okay. Oh. All right. Midsummer yeah, can, can uh, blow me. That movie was not scary. Haunting imagery. Hereditary had scary moments. Still not a great flick. There are two scenes in Hereditary that'll haunt me the rest of my life. I will give it that. But I Oof. do not classify either of them as scary movies. I classify them as emotional sabotage people are just blow that movie to you left and right and then by the time you sit down and you finish it you feel like you've been wronged yeah no i will i will class i will categorize midsummer as hot garbage (laughs) uh that movie is pretentious trash you hear that skywalker (laughs) come at him yeah you were talking about like modern horror films you were the one who was blowing nope I like Nope. 
I thought was a fantastic movie. Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it yet. I'm not going to spoil anything because you both should watch it. I like, okay, first of all, Jordan Peele fucking kills it. Yeah. All he, of his movies, he kills it. He's the best it. modern yeah. horror director. Uh, I, I agree. And modern. I agree. I have never seen anything like Nope. And it is great. The problem with Nope is, and yet again, people are going to want to come at me, <laughs> a lot of the people that shit on it review-wise, like it killed it in box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that shit on it uh, review-wise are people that the theme of the movie literally flew right over their head like the fucking UFO itself. It's people that did not get what he was going for. It did not get the theme and what, as a culture, he was shitting on. Mm-hmm. And they didn't they didn't understand it, so they're like, none of this makes sense. And then they went and it's like, uh, what's his Logan Paul, I think, or one of the one of the Paul brothers, I think it was Logan Paul, tried to shit on it on Twitter, mm-hmm. and like did like four tweets in a row to fit enough text in there to shit on it. And then all these famous directors and actors came at him. And was like, good to know that you didn't get the the premise of the movie in the slightest. <laughs> they're like, you are literally what this movie is about, <laughs> and they just oh, shit on man. it for it fantastic movie i'll stand by it Uh, me and matt do need to watch it that's my only downside of the new scream movie was phenomenal one of the best ones they've done in forever and the problem with that movie is is one of the main chicks is all about elevated horror and she shits on some of the classics and she was like bob the babadook this and this and that and i was like fuck stabber ghostface fucking stabber I mean, I I am so bad. I've been watching anything, so not surprising not seeing much in the way of horror films right now. But I imagine Scream is a really good film that works in modern time because it is so easy to stalk someone nowadays. Scream is one of those ones that they will be able to revisit for the rest of forever. Yeah. Because no matter how you cut that cake, it is still plausible. Yeah. Uh, like, there is an there is a website you can go to now where you upload a photo, a selfie of yourself. And what it will do is pull up a security camera showing you take that selfie. <laughs> it's a, it gives, Scream will always work because you, it's, and every one of them has always evolved with the time. Yeah. Like, like when GoPros became big and that one hit, they had GoPros in the movie. And it's like this one, it's like technology has evolved. So like the one scene, the chick is locks her door with an app, right? Well, yeah. there's an app that can do it. There's an app that can undo it. So she's <laughs> locked it. And then all of a sudden her phone goes deep and the locks go off. They unlock and then she locks again and then it unlocks again. And it's just like, Ooh, and it's just, like I said, it can always, it can always be done. Oh, I mean, that would be incredibly easy to do actually as well, especially with most people not understanding how Wi-Fi works. People, it, if you want to secure your house with your Wi-Fi, Get a router and put it on whitelist only mode so people can only connect to your internet if you allow their MAC address onto your Wi-Fi. And change the default username and password on your freaking routers. That's a that's a big one. Yeah, I think it was actually groundbreaking when that first movie came out because they were talking about things that next to nobody knew about in, ba- in like normal everyday life. Yeah. Like cloning cell phones. And like in that movie, cell phones were still so new to where the cop gave the boy shit and it, to where he was like, oh, you got you one of these cellular phones, huh? Why do you have one of those? <laughs> and it was like, he was like, because oh, I have money. I don't know. It's like where it was unnormal to have a cell phone. Yeah. 
I just I, I love that franchise. It has had its duds, as do most franchises, but they fucking killed it with this last one. I'm actually kind of sad to see that they're doing another one because I really feel like they could have just bow tied it off with this last one. Yeah, well, you but know, it made so much money that there's no way. Yeah, to nobody now. ever wants to just do a one-off film anymore. It's always how can we leverage this into a franchise I mean, and keep making movies. The one movie I thought that was going to be a franchise never got a sequel. What was that? What? Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That was a great movie, but it, it also could just stand on its own. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing; it does stand on its own. But like they talk about how they've always wanted to do a sequel, but they just don't get a good enough script, so they just refuse it's to like do it. That's or fine. I want a sequel, and the sequel's been greenlit. Yeah, but it's also scary because it's like a movie that you care about so much and yeah. is so good. Yeah, the sequel could just but, seldom lead to things like Terminator Two, where the next one's better happens. Okay, but here's know? here's the thing about Trick or Treat. Even if the sequel is bad, the way that movie is designed, it won't hurt the franchise. Yeah, no, I feel you. Like, it doesn't detract... Like, it's not like a continu continuation of the story where the sequel ruins the overarching story because it's all just short stories. So, yeah, it's an anthology. The only thing you need yeah. to make Trick or Treat 2 is just to have Sam, the one thing that interconnects everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's still though. It's just it's one of those movies where, especially with anthologies, it is there's usually there's always the one in the anthology that you're just like, Ugh. and with Trick or Treat, yeah. I don't have that moment with any of them. I enjoy every one of them in Trick or Treat. Yeah, like I said, said probably I would just have to think Tucker and Dale though is probably my favorite like dark comedy, like even more so than like Evil Dead, just because it's such a play on horror films as a genre like a spe specifically the slasher flicks and it's like there's so many there's so much meta commentary between like swapping between your different point of views of the teenagers and of tucker and dale yeah where it's like even the the style camera and lenses they're using changes and their color gradient changes between the two it's a fantastic movie yeah like it's fantastically oh, yeah. shot fantastically written fantastically acted i want a sequel yeah, like I just they, I, they could do something new, but it's also it's again, it's also nice just to have one-off films. Yeah, really good one-offs. Like I said I expect somebody to come at me. Bare minimum, one person to come at me for saying all that, but it <laughs> is what it is. There are different strokes of horror fans. The new modern thing is like the elevated horror fans, and there's the people that fucking want to mainline every paranormal activity that ever comes out and then there's people that like old slashers and then my problem with my, my, my thing with elevated horror if you like elevated horror that's great I'm glad you enjoy it don't come at me sideways if you like think Mormon. elevated horror is end all be all top tier cinema you're pretentious <laughs> like it's like we're gonna get added so hard I'm gonna this. fight people yes Midsummer is Oscar bait, and it was it was just tragedy porn and gore porn, and mixed with a boring story. You're forgetting it was actually porn porn at one point too. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck hut. Yeah, like it is. Oh, fuck hut. He has so many good movies. Like, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Bloody Mary. Never saw it. What are you talking about? You should watch it. So basically, the whole idea of the movie is. It's about a medical student going going to be a doctor, like trying to learn to be a surgeon, top of her class. She gets invited to a party by her professors, and her professors end up raping her. Oof. Oh. And then so she quits school, and she starts becoming a, like, 
she does body mods for people where like she does all sorts of shit where like there's one scene where they she'll take she took the arm off of twins and swapped the arms around like all sorts of stuff gauges and weird places and all but she ends up trying to get revenge on the professors and starts doing horrrible heinous things to people oh god no uh, that doesn't sound no nope. yeah it's yeah, straight up body uh, like horror. a lot of cutting in there i'm good i'm not one for body horror yeah, yeah you uh, you especially would not like it yeah, i do i think you would like it enjoy films where it's a horror film but it's the good guy doing terrible things to the bad guys like last house on the left is a good example of that yeah, yeah. hills uh, have eyes stuff like that where it uh, ends up the horror where they swap the horror to where the horror is the piece of shit that the first 15 of the minutes of the movie was the horror bad guy yeah to where the victim becomes the scary God, thing that yeah. fucking Nicolas cage movie oh were you talking about willie's wonderland, Willy wonderland? Yeah. yeah i mean technically in that movie he's locked they're locked in there with him he's not <laughs> yeah. there with them. that movie is, is amazing so awesome i think the only thing that could have made that watching that movie more entertaining is if they hid the fact that he was going to just fucking wreck shit. Like, if they made it seem like... If they just showed stuff that showed the animatronics being horrible and killing stuff and being scary, and then had that happen in the film, I think that would have been a really fun walk. I mean, it was really fun to begin with, but oh. I just mean not having that expectation of what the film was going to be going into it would have been fun, you know, too. And, you, know, you know, we have another movie we have to watch soon. We got the new Winnie the Pooh. Oh, blood and honey. Oh, Hell Jesus. yeah, I'm about it. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> I know it's oh, going to be God. great. I just want to know what kind of voice Pooh Bear is going to do. Is it going to be somebody trying to do the, oh, Christopher Robin, oh, you bro. fucked up now, son. Because <laughs> <laughs> that that's the only way that that new Winnie the Pooh design can be more haunting is if he talks like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, my God. That He's coming at you awesome. sideways oh, with a sledgehammer. And I'm still Come waiting on. on a banana split sequel. On, only thing is, only thing is, they might not be able to do that voice because that would infringe on Disney. And that might get them sued from Disney. I don't know, man. They already because of the copyright that came up. If I remember correctly, it's just the original. It's just the Pooh, Winnie the it's Pooh. It's just Pooh Bear and Piglet because yeah. technically Tigger and all of them were made years later, so they're not technically public domain yet. Yeah. So that's why you see in a trailer there's a gravestone for Eeyore <laughs> because they can't show him, yeah. <laughs> so he's just dead. I mean, let's face it, Eeyore was uh, one step away from a new Cineways. Yeah. Mm, oh yeah. But anyways, let's let's dig into the to our doll. This fucking guy, that Winnie the Pooh movie, man, that blew my mind when that got announced. Oh, I'm so happy. I mean, it takes a ball. Even though it went public domain, it still takes balls for a studio to be like, we'll be the first up to bat. They were ready to go too. They must oh, yeah. been working on it, prepping oh, yeah. for they it been, to hit open They literally domain. been working on that film for years, just waiting for the day yeah. where they can be like, "Fuck you, Disney! Here it is." Oh yeah, the the, the, the Spirit Halloween movie. There's two movies of that vein coming out this year because there's yeah. a spirit Halloween movie where it's going to be uh, Doc Brown. The actor plays Doc Brown is going to be a spirit that is possessing animatronics in the spirit store. Uh huh. And then there's another movie that's being done with one of the uh, one of the brothers from the scary movie franchise. The was it the Wayne brothers? I think so. Uh, he is playing a dad, and something is happening in their town where all the Halloween decorations are coming to life too. That one honestly looks like it's better quality than yeah, the Spirit of the Halloween one. <laughs> I'll watch them both. Yeah. 
it's just it's just it's just funny that there's two technically they're both kind of a playoff to go the goosebumps the last two goosebumps movies though because the last two goosebump movies it was halloween decorations coming to life or the last one specifically was about halloween decorations coming to life in it so they're all kind of a playoff of that Mm-hmm. But either way, it's nice to see Netflix is putting out uh, Halloween movies that aren't Hoobies Halloween. So I'll <laughs> fucking take it because fuck fucking that traumatized. Movie. That movie was so bad. <laughs> well, on that note, guys, I'm going to take you to our first doll of Dolltober. But to do that, I want to take you back to October 25th, 1900, like literally 1900, where Robert Eugene Otto was born. And then two years later, something would be manufactured out of wood straw and wool that would change his life for the rest of forever and that would be robert the doll was created two years after robert eugene otto was born in 1904 his grandfather was in germany where he came across a window to a stife uh company uh which is if for people that don't know the company that made the original teddy bear uh-huh and in the window was a display with clowns and jesters and he saw a doll in there and he went in the store and he basically daddy warbucks that shit he was like i want that doll in the window and they're like that's not a doll that is a one-of-a-kind mannequin that we built for this window display he's like it's not meant to be played with it's not a play toy it's not anything uh-huh. but he wanted it he bought it he got it the thing is 40 inches tall so that doll is three foot and some change so he was doll. robert was bought robert the boy was born in 1900s uh-huh. this doll was purchased in 1904 so that doll is probably the same size as robert at that point which is why robert is adorned in a sailor costume that sailor costume is actually his owners that he wore that he decided to dress him in uh, before we dive too much more into that, I want to talk about something that I find kind of flawed with the story of Robert the Doll is his origin. Like how I just told you the factual origin of Robert the Doll. Uh-huh. He was manufactured by the Steiff Company. He was bought in Germany from a window display and he was given to the boy by his grandfather. These are documented facts. The doll itself, when it got put in the museum years and years later, was researched and Actually, the Stife company was like, yes, we made him. He was not made for consumers. He was a window display unit that was not meant to be sold and was. Okay. Well, as we've learned with horror, a lot of people like horror stories and stuff like this. Things People spin things to accommodate the story they're trying to tell. In our podcast, we're not about that. We want to try to give you as much factual information as we possibly can. Sometimes it's easier than others. In this case, it's easier for us to tell you. We have a roadmap that points that Robert was made by an actual company. He was made by a specific company in a specific time. Robert has a birthday. He was born in 1902. He was manufactured then and there. Uh, The popular stories that people like to spin is that Robert was handmade. Mm -hmm. Uh, a big one the story is dark and twist the narrative to fit whoever started it what they were trying to do they were trying to make Robert more spooky in origin than he was saying something was created by a teddy bear company doesn't really instill fear in the heart saying this what I'm about to tell you does one of the more commonly leaned on stories about Robert the doll's origin is that when 
Minnie Otto, Robert's mom, the boy, Gene, uh-huh. uh, mom got pregnant. She sent her husband over uh, overseas to find servants. She wanted him to get three servants total. One had to be a woman to be a nanny for their soon-to-be-born child. Well, when he got back with his servants, uh, whether he got from overseas uh, in Haiti, because they were Haitian, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, she was livid to find out that the one that was picked out to be the nanny was pregnant. And she was mad because she found out who the daddy was. Ew. Her husband. So what she did was she took the woman that was pregnant and locked her in the outhouse for nine months. They gave her enough food to survive, not enough food to nourish a healthy pregnancy, and her baby was lost. When they let her out and they let her get her health back, they put her to work like she was established to be there for in the first place, taking care of their son, Robert Eugene Otto. Well, she became attached to Robert. Some would say because she was replacing her own child, Mm -hmm. you know? Because she lost her kid and now she's taking care of a kid. And usually with, not to lean the stereotype, but usually with these rich, rich kids back in the day, they weren't dolted on by their parents. They were pushed off onto the servants. Yep. So she grew attached to it. Her and Robert grew close and close. And then one day his mom, Minnie, walked out and found the Haitian servants at night performing a Santeria ritual. Uh, they said that they saw them sacrificing a chicken. And at that point, Minnie was done. Minnie said, no, send them back to where they came from. I don't want them in my house. Ship them the UPS. She fired them, and uh, supposedly her husband sent them back. But before they could be sent back, the nanny was said to have forged a doll with Robert's actual hair and give it to him and be like, it will always be here to take care of you because I will not be. But they're saying that the doll was also twisted by the soul of her deceased child and her hate for his mother, Minnie. That is one of them. That is one of you see the massive difference in story yeah, there. Yeah, that seems a bit ridiculous. That is one of the heavily leaned on ones. Another mm-hmm. one is literally just cut out all the mistress stuff and a uh, Baham. What, 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 what would be somebody from the Bahamas be referred to as? Bohemian? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, said that they had uh, servants that came from the Bahamas that just got caught doing voodoo, and then they gave Robert the doll to spite the family. That was another one. But the most heavily implied one is the one about the nanny that had an illegitimate child with the father that got basically tortured until the child didn't survive, and then et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I hate that that's a thing because one, it just pushes the it pushes the trope of every person from Haiti or Africa does voodoo instantly. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's it's just tacky, it's it's horrible and it was just a there is no document saying that that family was bad to servants at all. They could have been, but there is nothing saying that Minnie would lock somebody in an outhouse for 9 months of a pregnancy until the baby dies. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, plus why do they think that that's a scarier origin story? Why not just like, isn't I, to me it's scarier that a mundane object became twisted? Yeah, like, but it also took something, took something sweet. It took something like a grandfather in Germany thinking about his grandson buying something for him. 
Yeah. It's vanilla. Yes, I get it. But you twisted it into this horrible tale of voodoo and mistreatment of humans and affairs and just made it this big I mean because it's thing. a more interesting story that's why they're doing it because it's the amount of media places like actual media companies that pick that up as if it's a factual story harkens me back to the Winchester house and all the people like this is factual when it's not yeah. but this one has even more proof I mean fucking Robert the doll basically it 100% is proven to be have produced by the Weiss company. He was made. He was there. He was yeah. a manufactured doll. He wasn't made by some Haitian servant. That's a fact. But I just wanted to cover that beforehand because there's a lot of people that have heard this story and that's the version that they have heard. Mm-hmm. That is that's not what happened. He was not made there. They might have mis- mistreated servants. They might not have. But a servant did not make Robert the doll. Robert, like I said, in 1902 was made by the company. 1904, he was bought by his grandfather and brought back for Robert's fourth birthday on October 25th, 1904, and given to him. The This is what I think is more spooky. Like you said, a mundane thing becoming paranormal and yeah. twisted. The moment that Robert the boy met Robert the doll, he instantly told his family, the doll's name is Robert. And they're like, well, that's your name. And he's like, no, I want to be Gene now. He wanted to start being called Gene, which is a shortening of his middle name, Eugene. From mm-hmm. the moment he met that doll, he surrendered his own name to that doll hmm. and then gave the doll his favorite outfit, his sailor outfit. So right then and right there, that boy had an instant connection with this doll to where he's literally a four-year-old being like, I don't want to be my name no more. I want to be something else. This doll's Robert. And this is a doll that is, the, if not the size of, taller than the child itself at this point. Yeah. And he became attached to Robert fucking instantly. They became best friends. They did everything together. He had siblings that you seldomly hear about in most tells. Like you would think that Robert, well, I'm going to start calling him Gene from here on out because mm-hmm. that's what he went by. Gene had siblings that you never really hear talk about in any of these stories because people, they don't really pertain to the story. So people bury him. It makes it seem like Gene was an only child. So it makes it seem less weird that all his interactions belong to him talking to a doll. But he, in fact, had two brothers relatively close to him in age, and he chose to talk to the doll and interact with the doll instead of them and his family. And it wasn't long after the doll came his life that the phrase, Robert did it, became a common occurrence in this household. It started off with simple things like a glass of milk getting spilled. What happened? Robert did it. This and is then very it, much like child play. Well, Chucky that's funny that it. you would say that because they have credited the creation of Chucky, the creators of him, have credited to the story of Robert the Doll. There's two things that they based Chucky off of, and one was Robert the Doll, and other was uh, a My Buddy Doll. Yeah. And they said they paired them both together. They paired the aesthetic of the My Buddy Dolls, and they took the origin and the Robert did it fact of the Robert doll and they fused them both together to make child's play. So that circles back into that as an actual fact. But it began to grow from like little things to more sketchy things. It would be parents or servants hearing Gene up in his room sound like having a conversation with a whole nother human being because they would hear Gene's voice and they would hear somebody else's voice that did not sound like a child's voice. 
and barge would, into the room and the kids hiding in the corner while the dolls up at a table with a hand of blackjack and some smokes. <laughs> it wouldn't be surprising, but he would, they would walk in and they'd be like, who are you talking to? And he'd be like, Robert. Oh, that explains why they went to the whole voodoo thing with Chucky. Exactly. Too. Yep. Oh, wow. Uh, but one night his mom wakes up in the middle of the night and hears shrieking. It's Gene, and he is screaming his head off, and they hear things getting slammed. So they run upstairs thinking somebody has broken into Gene's room. And when they get in there, the whole he has a wardrobe that's tumped over. And at this point, he's like five, six. Whole old-ass 1900s wardrobe tumped over, furniture flipped, window broken, toys gutted. And they're like, Ooh. what happened? What happened? And they're looking around. They're trying to figure out what did this. And at the foot of his bed, Robert is sitting there, and he's like, He's just crying and he's like, Robert did it. And what at that point as a parent, what the fuck do you do? Do you think the six year old fucking flipped the fucking two hundred pound wardrobe or <laughs> starting to sound like this kid needs to learn to not be a fucking snitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably what Robert was saying after he was like looking at him and he's like, I mean, the servants did it. <laughs> yeah, like from so here's what I'm getting from first encounter, right? You got this dog looking at him and talking to him is like your name's Robert, huh? That's a pretty good name. I think I'll have that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Robert. Oh, your name's Robert, too? No, I'm Robert. <laughs> you can go by Gene. Gene's kind of a girl's name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> can I go by Eugene? What did I say? My name's Gene. <laughs> now, give me a table. Give me some playing cards. Give me some smokes, kid. Well, slap your mom on the ass, too, next time I see her. <laughs> but, yeah. Robert did it. it oh, Gene. <laughs> But yeah, it, the room was trashed. It was completely trashed. And at that point, uh, the boy became started to be more isolated, more just involved with just Robert. Not talking to family, friends. It's all Robert all the time. And would keep him problems. At one point, the family had a plumber come over. And the whole family left the house. And the plumber was working. And the plumber said that he could start to hear the laughter of a child and stuff moving. Well, he went upstairs just to be like, well, there's nobody else that's supposed to be here. The family was out. Because, you know, back then, the rich people didn't want to be in the house while the plumber was working. Uh, it's beneath them. Uh, he goes upstairs, and there's nobody in the room except for a very large doll and sailor outfit. So he pays no mind to it. He goes back downstairs. Who's going to be intimidated by a doll and a sailor outfit? Have you seen Robert the doll? As a matter of fact, no, I haven't. Put it up on your phone right because now, that yeah. doll is unsettling looking. Uh, let me describe Robert to you real quick. Like I said, Robert is about 40 inches tall. He's roughly about three foot. He is a felt doll with next to almost no features on his face. He looks like a crash test dummy. He has uh, he has two buttons for an eyes, two pin dot for nose, and a mouth that is a shape of a mouth but no defining features because Robert was, like I said, never meant to be a toy that was sold. His face was painted on while he was in that mirror, that window. But when they bought him, they took it all off. So he is very... There's nothing else out there that looks like Robert. Yeah. He's also made of felt and filled with wood, wool, and straw. So he's not comfy to hug either. <laughs> and he has, like, there is wire frame inside him too. What kind of dad sees that and is like, yes. It was a grandpa. This is the well, perfect Well, he probably looked gift. a lot cuter when he was dressed up like a fucking <laughs> clown, you know, or a fucking jester, whatever he was. But the plumber went back downstairs to start work and he started to hear again, but this time he started hearing loud thumping and googling. He claims he went upstairs and the doll was in a whole nother section of the room. That's what he would have looked like in the window. 
And at that point, so bad. at that point, the plumber picked up his tools and he left. Back in 1900s, a plumber was like, nope, house spooky. I'm out. And you know left. how many haunted houses I go to on a weekly basis? I'm fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the job description. Yeah, but so he bolted. Um, I'm trying to think where we go else. Uh, so after all of that, uh, eventually uh, the family moves to Paris for a little while. Uh-huh. Uh, they leave. They don't. They don't sell a house. They keep the house. Uh, but they moved to Paris for a little while, and while they're in Paris, they leave Robert behind. The dad would not let Robert come with them. They leave to go to Paris. I wouldn't want to bring that thing anywhere either. <laughs> They go to Paris, they live there for a long time, and eventually Gene becomes interested in art. He goes to a bunch of really high accredited schools over in Paris. He actually went to a school in Chicago and in New York also. Uh, Becomes a pretty well-known artist. Uh, He stays in Paris after his family decides to move back to the Mm -hmm. States, where he eventually meets his wife, uh, Annette. Annette is a famous jazz pianist that actually has played for royal family and stuff over there when he met annette annette said hmm gene i like that name it's mine now (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna slap your mom on the ass (laughs) (laughs) and now gene goes by jake (laughs) uh but they they, he meet he met his wife and they got married may 3rd 1930 uh they moved from paris to new york the story is all is very Hitlery right now. Whoa, whoa, calm uh, down. Well, they moved from Paris to New York because they tried and think of a place where it could benefit both of them. He is an artist. She is a jazz pianist. They both do great in New York. But eventually, at this point, Robert or Jean's dad has already passed away a while ago. Um, his mom falls ill and she passes away. So his brothers reach out to him. They go back home for the funeral. And his brothers convinced them, hey, uh, we. his brothers are actually doing really well for themselves. One's doing really well in the military, and the other's like a really well-established doctor. They're like, we're not leaving our homes and our jobs, but you're just an artist in New York. Come back and take mom's house. It's our family house. We don't need to get rid of it. Come take it. And after convincing his wife, because she didn't want to, because she's a jazz pianist in New York at this time period, she has jobs for days. Mm to come out here to Key West, Florida and live. So they do. At this point, this this whole time, they've had a fantastic relationship. They're, they're doing good, they're in love and everything. They get there and they're getting the house situated. Eventually, Gene stumbles upon a cedar chest that is riddled with nails. Like something that people, somebody just beat the shit out of a bunch of nails in the cedar chest. Mm-hmm. Opens the cedar chest and lo and behold, who's inside? Well, 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 if it isn't Gene. <laughs> Been waiting for you, Gene. He opens it up and it is his uh his friend to the end. It's Robert. He has, it was either his mom or his dad. Somebody had put him in the cedar chest and nailed that bitch shut. <laughs> but he's he's back home, he's got it. And uh it, his his local friends, family, and his wife all say the moment that he got reunited with Robert. His personality and everything started to go downhill. Grown-ass man started carrying this doll everywhere with him, including town. At one point, his wife became so uncomfortable with it, she stopped having guests over, and at one point she said, the doll stays in the attic. I don't want it the rest of the house. And Gene obliged her, but when he did this, he moved his art studio upstairs 
And he basically turned the attic into a whole studio slash house for Robert because he started building Robert furniture. Chairs, beds, desk. He built the doll, a whole set out. Damn. He would talk to the doll. He would demand that the doll be brought dinner before them. His words, because Robert's the man of the house, which tracks with how you talk about Robert. <laughs> you tell that lady I want dinner before y'all. And I'm a slapper on the ass. <laughs> Uh, I also forgot to mention that they had a family cemetery out in front where their mom was buried. Their mom was buried next to, with full-blown tombstones, buried next to their pet deer and three dogs that had full-blown tombstones. That's how wealthy this family is. That fits. That tracks. (laughs) They had a pet deer that has a tombstone out in that that (laughs) cemetery. Um, But yeah, he did, like I said, he did anything and everything with Robert. And, and like I said, he kept him in the attic, but like it did not stop Robert from appearing in different places in the house. His wife would say that she would hear something move. And next thing she, you know, Robert would be sitting on the couch. Something would break and Robert would be found in the room or the room next to the room where something broke. And she would swear that people didn't understand because Robert, you've seen a picture of him. He doesn't really have a face that expresses anything. Yeah. She was like, Robert's facial expression would change. She was like, you could tell when the doll was angry because it was almost like he had a furrowed brow and like was disgruntled with you and you could just see it on his face. And with the way that doll looks, if that doll's face did change to look angry, uh-huh. fuck me, that's terrifying. Because can you imagine <laughs> that thing's brow fucking just dipping? Yeah. And then it's like that blanket like half moon fate mouth that it has just starts to slowly turn down. <laughs> Oof, that's rough. But... Like I said, people would claim that they would see him. Kids would claim people outside of the street of the house would start to try not to walk near it because they would. They said they would see Robert in the window. And people would be like, hey, uh, could you take that doll out of the window? It scares my kid. And Gene would be like, I don't put Robert in the window. I don't want him to get damaged by the sun. Which tracks with how he treats that doll. Yeah. So it's Robert. He sits up in the windows, chirping at the Knocking at the window, but like, hey, what's up, you little bastard? <laughs> Tell your mom to come up here. I'm going to give her a pat on the ass. <laughs> you any good at blackjack? Gene sucks. <laughs> Robert, if you're listening to this, we're sorry. I also want to note to our listeners that we will be sending Robert a letter. Uh, it's uh, I just want to do it out of respect. I mean, better safe than sorry. None of the other podcasts I've listened to have even mentioned it. I mean, if you got to send, if you got to give him, get consent from him to take a picture, I just want to, we'll send prob- him a, we're going to, we'll be mailing him out a letter this Monday. Signed by all of us. I'll throw them in some stickers. The museum asked that people don't send Robert joints anymore because apparently people were sending Robert joints. <laughs> they sent him cash yeah. and candy. <laughs> it might be on Robert's request. He'd be like, send me some of those ganjas. <laughs> he might actually have hemp in him. He's so old. He might be. He might have hemp inside him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we will be sending Robert a letter. Um, but... That continued, the relationship continued to down spiral. Uh, there's even reports of at some point Gene becoming violent with Annette over arguments about Robert. Uh, eventually, Robert did die. Uh, he died in 1994, or sorry, Gene died in 1974. Um, when they, they claim when they found Gene, he was on the floor with Robert the doll in his hands. Uh, People say that not only was 
Robert in Gene's hands, but Robert was in Gene's hands and Robert's hands were on Gene's face. Some people was like, because their bond was so close, Robert was mourning the death of his friend. Mm. Other people say it was Robert sucking the last little bit of life force out of that guy before he fucking he left. I don't know. I don't know if it's factual. I don't know if he was found with him in his hands when he died. Uh, another thing that is really heavily implied and uh, there is some stuff that kind of factually backs it up is when he died Gene made sure in his will that his wife got zero money and specifically noted because the way she treated Robert now she did get to keep the house because she is his wife Yeah. so she actually sold the house basically right after Gene's passing Uh which would kind of track if in fact, he did not leave her money. That makes sense. You know, get the money where you can get it. Yeah. Uh, she died a few years later uh, of just natural causes. This is another thing I'm going to talk about that is agitating as sin. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that she died two years later in a mental asylum because she went insane. That is not true. There is no documentation whatsoever of Annette being put in any kind of mental home having any kind of psychosis and she didn't die two years after Gene died. She died about four or five years after he died. Yeah. So they did never have kids though, which tracks because you know, it seems like all of his attention went to his doll. So I mean, if that's the case, where would the money have gone? No idea. I don't know how it works. I don't know where it went. It I went know to Robert. <laughs> Robert oh, no. gets all the money. <laughs> But uh, the house was sold basically instantly uh, to where what was her name? Hold on one sec. Sorry about that. Uh, it was bought in 1979, which was a few years after, um, by Myrtle Reuter. Uh It was she bought the house and she lived in it for about six years. She found Robert also sealed away in a chest. Because Annette just packed up her personal stuff and left, left everything else in the house. Robert was sealed up. Annette had a daughter, or not Annette, uh, Myrtle had a daughter who instantly, upon meeting Robert, told her mother that he was evil and hated the doll. The family had some incidents there where stuff would break randomly. They swear they would hear stuff moving around. They moved out of the house after six years and continued to own it, but moved out. Mm -hmm. But they brought Robert with them. And they had Robert for 20 years total. The mom took care of it. People speculate that the reason that she held on to him so long is because he forms a pseudo attachment with people to make sure he survives. Yeah. And that the mother was who it bonded to because the daughter fucking hated him. She cried when she was near him. She begged her mom to get rid of it. Her mom kept her for for 20 years until she donated him to the Fort East Martello Museum where he resides to this day. When she brought him there, she was like, hey, he is haunted. She gave him some backstory. At this point, it's in Key West. Everybody already knows about Robert from his 118 years at this point uh-huh. lifespan. Um, the museum takes him. Uh, Myrtle never comes back to see him ever again. Um, and this is when we get into the stuff with the museum. There's uh, people back then before Robert became a big showcase, people could come and have a private thing, like like have them bring him out and then look at him and everything. Mm-hmm. 
the people would say that the people working at the museum would be like, I don't want to get him out. Can you come back tomorrow when this person's working and they'll get him out? Like try to pass the buck. Yeah. yeah. Be like, I don't want to deal with Robert. Come back tomorrow and this person will help you. And eventually they would move Robert from the back and they would give him his own glass case. They tell people like, listen, um, ask Robert for permission before you take a photo with him. It's out of respect. Otherwise bad things can happen. Um, bad things being from like camera brand new cameras just not working mm-hmm. uh it working but your your memory cards failing and files getting corrupted and ruining people's vacations because all their stuff's lost to people blaming robert for car accidents right after they left broken bones lost jobs failed marriages etc etc it goes on and on and on to where robert the doll's home at the museum is just chocked full of letters from people begging robert hey, I'm sorry, I know that I didn't listen and didn't respect you, I made fun of you, or I took a picture of you without asking, et cetera, et cetera, please forgive me, my life has sucked since. Um, people will send Robert money, uh, per, the before mentioned joints, uh, candy, uh, just tons of stuff. He, They say that he gets at least three letters a day, every Jeez. day at that museum. Robert has his own merchandise at the museum, um, where you can buy replicas of him mm-hmm. a lot smaller definitely not the same quality they're not yeah. selling wool and wood stuff to dolls <laughs> uh, he has been a little bit everywhere he's been he's visited Zap Begin's museum uh, he's been toured a few places but he always comes back he is very fucking old at this point he's 118 years old they take him out every year to uh, weigh him because they're trying to make sure that he stays in peak condition because the humidity in Florida, he's stuffed with straw and stuff. Yeah. He could easily, something bad could happen with the wrong environment that would cause him to deteriorate very quickly. Because like I said, he's made out of felt and a bunch of other shit. He was never meant to, he wasn't meant to last. Yeah. He's doing a great job so far. But he that's where he lives to this day. You can go there, you can visit him. I Like I said, it's strongly suggested if you go visit Robert the Doll, Ask for your permission to take a photo. I I want to I want to see Robert. I don't even know honestly at this point if I would even take a picture with Robert, mm-hmm. just because like it's superstitious and everything. But like I don't have to worry about it if I don't do it. You know, it would be cool enough just to see him. Yeah, and talk to him. But I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to risk it to take a selfie with Robert because like you do it and then it turns out that it's real, and fucks you. I'm good. But I mean, that is the long history of Robert the Doll. Now, a lot of people read letters that were left for Robert. I'm not going to do that. I feel like it's kind of tacky because these are people reaching out because for real or superstitious reasons, their life has been rough since they met him. They didn't write those letters to be read out loud on a podcast or on a TV show. Yeah. They writ them out of desperation to try to get something. Yeah, It's personal. It's not for us. It's for Robert. It's between them. I'm not going to read their letters. Like I said, our team is going to write a letter and I'm going to mail it off to him. Just out of respect, just gonna send it there. It doesn't cost nothing to throw three stamps on a parcel and send it to the museum. Yeah. And Robert can add it to his collection and he can have some stickers with it too. But that's, I mean, that's the long history of Robert the Doll. You uh, feel free to dig into it. Look, uh, there's tons of content on him. Like I said, you're going to hear a lot of conflicting stories. There's a few movies based on him. Yeah, they're loosely based on him. It's it's the Annabelle thing to where like, Robert the Doll has movies where the doll looks nothing like the real doll. Yeah, he actually has a face. 
But also, I think that might have something to do with the fact that I think technically the museum has trademarked Robert at this point. So I think technically if they would have made one that looked like him, I think they might have been able to sue them. So Yeah, maybe so. Same with Annabelle. I mean, like one, they changed the way Annabelle looked because the what they made is horrifying. Two, yeah. Raggedy Ann Company probably would have sued the fuck out of them if they put that in there. Yeah. But yeah, that is the story of Robert and uh, Gene. It's just like, it's just fascinating that it was just such a long life. That Gene's whole life was changed by a doll that was manufactured two years after the boy himself was born. Mm -hmm. He spent all of his life, more the, mo the whole majority of his life with this doll compared to not with this doll. And a lot of people have something like that. I have two things that I cannot remember not having. I've got Oli, which is the little tyke's ride around that I have that looks like a banana with two eyes and a red nose, red hair, and he's on wheels. Mm -hmm. I cannot remember at any point in my life where I did not have him. And I have Jingles the Bear, which is just a little teddy bear that jingles and is made out of a weird material. Had it my whole life at this point. And it's just weird to think about like something like that. What, what twisted that thing to where it became what it was? Because it was manufactured. Now, is it the Christine effect? where like the car the movie there were like some things are just born evil maybe the doll was manufactured and it was just that i it, mean or something could attach itself to it's the a possibility doll. too or did the boy himself manifest something in it did it start out as yeah. innocent as him just believing so hard that it was real and just blaming little minute shit on the doll to where the doll developed a personality just based off energy to where it's like, well, I spent my whole life so far being told that I'm bad because I keep doing all these bad things and that this little boy loves me. So there's two things I'm going to do in this life. I'm going to fuck shit up and I'm going to love this little boy till he dies. There's no telling. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, it is something I'll be touching on a little bit in the episode that I'm doing this month. Uh, some questions that get raised and some theories. Uh or not really theories, but stuff talking about like dolls and things. So yeah, you said it's, it's weird. It's just, it's just hard to think about. Cause like that, I think that's why so many people tried to put their own spin on it with the voodoo curse and shit like that is because they're trying to put more of a reason to it. Like there has to be a reason why this doll's like this. There doesn't necessarily have to be a reason. It doesn't have to be a curse. It doesn't have to be a spirit. Tulpas are a thing. A lot of people believe that people just can will things into existence out of just sheer willpower. Mm -hmm. It could be a number of things. And hell, it could be something like something minute. Like what if somebody fucking died on a on a farm in a horrible sheep shearing accident and some of that wool ended up in fucking Robert and that's how I he's <laughs> fucking possessed. There is no telling. But what we do know is it definitely was not a fucking Haitian curse. It was made by the Stife Company. The doll was manufactured. He wasn't made Injured. by a servant. Yeah. But that's the story of Robert the Doll. I hope everybody dug it. That's our first Dolltober episode kicking it off on a Saturday when we're normally people of the Wednesday. So I hope that doesn't throw you guys off. We'll actually have a Golden Jays episode about a doll just a few days from now on Wednesday. Oh. Which I'm still not 100% certain on which ones he's doing. I think he's doing multiple small stories about different dolls. Yeah, I think that's right. But uh, I'm going to circle back to remember, folks, uh, we've got limited edition Dolltober merch hitting on our store, www.unitedstatesofparanormal.com. Just click that merch link. Check them out. Tell us what you think. 
Hit us up on our socials. We're at Facebook, the United States of Paranormal Podcast. I think so. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Matt has links to some of the the crew's personal socials if you want to message us. There's tons of ways to reach out to us. Remember to review and leave a uh, leave a review if you're on Apple. I don't think Spotify gives you an option to review anymore these days. You can leave a, like a rating, but I don't think you can leave an actual yeah. written review. We love seeing them. Even if you got constructive criticism or just criticism, hit us with it. Yeah, <laughs> a great place where you can go and leave a comment on our YouTube channel. I always yeah. forget to say oh. the YouTube channel, too. We've yeah. got a really cool animation on the YouTube channel, too, with Haskins and Skunk Ape. Yeah. So definitely check it out. We look forward to hearing from everybody. I hope everybody has a great Halloween this year and a great October. And... Uh, Come enjoy Dalltober with us. It's our first big event. We're doing it upright. More content than ever in this month. Like I said, we have this episode today, and we'll have an episode capping us off at the very end of us at the brewery. We've got a crossover coming up with the call, guys. We've got, in a few weeks from now, we'll have our first ever episode with Team Boozers. So you have that to look forward to, too. Uh, doing it up big. Anything want to chime in? No, that's it for yeah, me. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been Logan. It's been Matt. Bows. Remember, folks, just because it's cute doesn't mean it's not deadly or a dick. Don't slap your mom on the ass. <laughs> Keep it spooky. To support other Golden Mojo Entertainment Productions, check out Golden Image Podcast, The Call Guys, and Murd Nerds wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. To see photos and find new episodes of the United States of Paranormal, follow us on our social media, Twitter, at T-U-S-O-P-P-O-D or Instagram at the United States of Paranormal and Facebook the United States of Paranormal. If you have a place that you'd like us to look into or would like to share your spooky story that we can read on the air, please email us at the United States of Paranormal at gmail.com.